Welcome to the podcast, everyone. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Let's get to it. Let us get to it. Yo, it's been a long break. It's almost like the last time we recorded was last decade, am I right? <laughs> wow, that's actually already. true, though. <laughs> Fellas. That's true. It's been quite a bit of a hiatus for us, and we left it at a pretty tenuous situation. We really did. We kind of did. I'm excited to get back into it. Mm-hmm. That was cruel. Very cruel yeah. ending. I've been ruminating on it every day. No, I have <laughs> <laughs> This is... Yeah, don't don't be obsessed with D&D, kids. Or do. It's whatever. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> You no, don't, don't want it. You don't want your fake life to ruin your real life. There you go. <laughs> Very is that, true. Is that like a social media thing? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Hey, because we're not sponsored and have no ads, we just get to jump right into it. Woohoo! Let's do it. So, because it's been a little while for us, uh, I'm going to go ahead and launch into a pretty heavy recap of our adventure so far, just to help us get into the mind space and pick up on some things we might have forgotten about. Mm. Here we go. In the small desert outpost of Destune, three wandering souls were hired to do a simple guard job. They didn't know each other and didn't even like each other, but for the time being, they were stuck together. And with their guide Mel Stoney, the quiet desert voyager, they set out with a few cowmels across the great desert. Along the way, they were ambushed by a giant scorpion that almost killed their guide and probably would have if it weren't for the actions of the three bodyguards. Their guide was out of commission and they had to find their way to their destination. Thanks to a fair bit of luck, they managed to do so and only find the camp completely emptied out. There was an opening to a large underground structure of some kind. They decided to rest after the hard day, but found little comfort as they slept. Against their better judgment, they decided to descend into the depths below. They stumbled upon an ancient temple of sorts that seemed to be centered around the symbol of the sun and mages and wizards that seemed to be uh, worshipping it. Odd clues led them to believe that the temple once floated in the air and was also underwater at some point. After fighting some desert bugs, finding a deranged old man, and solving a puzzle, they descended into the catacombs below. They found some useful items as they descended, but soon found themselves submerged underwater. With only the path forward being down, they took the plunge into the water and grappled with some creepy slimy seaweed that seemed intent on drowning them. Luckily, they made it through into the next room, a dry, disturbing, membrane-walled room that was covered in tattered rags. As they wandered through, they fought the urge to pull down the hanging cloths until they couldn't find the urge anymore and curiosity won out. They released an incubating mummy and almost got pummeled to death in the process of fighting it. They made it to the next room, where a pedestal was carved with an indent on the top, and it stood in the middle of uh, a bunch of walls that... Uh, were covered in a black soot of vaporized shadows. Hirok seemed especially disturbed by this image. They made their way out and explored down a dark corridor that led to a crypt of sorts, where they triggered a trap, but also found a one-use spell scroll of sorts. A wide-open chamber was beyond that room, with an ominous green mist, mist circling below. They tried to get to the other side of the pit and succeeded, but Nathaniel's leg was touched by the green mist and had an image of souls in pain scarred into his head. They ascended the large stair that was on the other side of the room and reached the top. Exioc tried to pick the lock, but instead triggered a trap that sent them plummeting downward. Hey, I tried my best. You did, and it was not your best. Pretty sure I rolled really (laughs) low. Uh, You rolled a two. I actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
Uh, Herox saved their lives, luckily, with oh, yeah. a cast of Featherfall, which slows your movement falling through the air. But the green mist had receded into a hole in the ground, and the group decided to descend even further down. They were confronted, as they got down there, by a menacing figure named Nedipioj, who was imprisoned there. He had been collecting souls to help free him from his bondage, and the archaeologist that had found him had been keen enough to die at his hands. The large metal gates where he had been captive were thrust open, and the runes dark and suppressed. Nedebioj needed only a few more souls to escape the final seal above, and tried to kill the three adventurers to make it happen. A battle ensued, where multiple of the mummies, including uh, Baron Von Terso, who were all under the control of Nedebioj, they attacked and fought the adventurers. After the battle was turning in their favor, the evil Nedebioj began to have the adventurers turn on one another. Nathaniel Kent had taken too many hits in the battle, and a crossbow bolt from Herak was enough to slay him. In the moment of their peril, Exioc read the spell scroll and summoned an enormous ethereal pink hand that wrapped around Nedebioj's frame and thrust him back into the cage where he belonged. Herak stabbed the onyx well of souls and released all of the different spirits from their bondage. The runes were no longer suppressed and Nedebioj was locked away. Herak's grandfather had a touching moment as he revealed himself and said goodbye, and it was then that Nathaniel's body was discovered. The two survivors were emotional wrecks, and several harsh words were exchanged between the two. Now, the room grows quiet and dark. The only movement is the silent Nedebio screaming and pacing in his cage. Herak and Exioc stand in the mummy lord's cage, wondering what to do next. Well, I I want to go to a corner of the room where Exioc isn't. <laughs> And um, the song that I started to write um, when I learned that my grandpa's fate wasn't exactly a good one, um, kind of the accumulation of all the emotions I've been feeling, I'm channeling it into this song. And in so, I'm casting um, a ritual version of Unseen Servant. All right. Could you explain what Unseen Servant is? It is. Spell creates an invisible, mindless, shapeless force that performs simple tasks at your command until the spell ends. A bunch of stuff about hit points and stuff, but obviously there's nothing to fight. So it's basically a thing that can do small things. Um, But it's invisible and... It's invisible and it can't talk... And it has intelligence of one or something like that. Let me see. Oh, cool. And 10 hit points. Yeah, it can follow your commands to a simple extent. Okay, yeah. cool. And you also said you did a ritual version? What? Yeah, so uh, it, it, it cost, it wasn't, it, it was free, basically. <laughs> yeah, it cast 10 minutes to cast it instead of an action. Oh, yeah. okay. So he's sitting there, so you're sitting there for 10 minutes then? I'm sitting there Pretty for, much. I'm okay. sitting this 10 minute long song okay, um, I, in order to cast this. Okay, so as he's doing that, I take a few minutes to kind of pace around the room, fuming. After he, I see that he kind of settles into writing the song, I want to take the time to really search every inch of this room. All right. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation check. Investigation. Dun, 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 dun. 20. Dirty 20. Wow. Nice. Wow. 
Good job. And dirty 20 is... Uh, yeah, it means... What, what was your natural roll? Uh, I was a 16, and my investigation's plus four. Got it. So you look around this room. It's pretty much circular in nature. Mm-hmm. You I'll, Can I pace... walk around the, e- the edge? For sure. To the right of the room is where the throne is with the jar of fingers. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bodies of the mummies scattered to ground. Some of them still... Uh, or they, They've all been turned to dust. So mm-hmm. just little pile, piles of dust on the ground. As you uh, are walking around that portion of the room, because it seems to have the most action going on, you look around the backside of the throne and closer to where one of the larger mummy figures pile was, you see there's a bit of like a wooden shaft sticking out from behind the throne. And you reach in and you grab it and pull it out. And you see this metal pickaxe that kind of has a bit of a sheen to it uh, on the actual uh, metal part of it. And you see little scrawling on the metal portion of it. And it's got a dark wood shaft that holds it. And you see pretty crudely carved into the uh, hilt of the shaft, it says Chunker. (laughs) Chunker? Chunker. Does that... Am I supposed to know what that means? You have no idea. Okay. Is that the name of the pickaxe? Imagine if there was like a dagger that was like whittled away really poorly the name Chunker into the side of this pickaxe. Okay. So it's like beautiful, tiny scrawling on the actual metal of it, but the shaft (laughs) has like crudely written Chunker. Can I understand the, the inscription? Go ahead and make an arcana check. Da, 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 da. Don't you have a spell that can? I would also argue that I that it hasn't been an hour since I used comprehend language. Fair, but also I rolled a five total. <laughs> yeah, you know that it's probably magical in some way, but you'd have no idea what school it is. Okay, uh, I would I be able to find out more if I investigated it now, or can I just pocket it for now, or put it in my pack? Uh. It's- it didn't come to you right away of what it would be, so you probably just have to look at it later. Okay. I uh, make a note of that and keep looking. Is there All anything right. else of note as I Yeah. Um, as you lift up the seat Ooh. of the actual throne, you uh, discover with that 20 a hidden compartment. Um, <gasps> yes. And underneath, you find a whole bunch of money. Holy. What? Just a stack. <laughs> stacks on stacks of money. Um. You find 176 gold pieces and 32 silver pieces. Holy. Wait, say that again. So 176 gold and 32 silver. Oh, and it's it's, it's not in a bag or anything. It's just scattered around the bottom uh, like a treasure chest. I uh, I actually don't make any exclamation or any indication that I found it out loud so that uh, Hirak knows nothing. <laughs> Um and yeah, he's, I, he's just writing a song. Yeah, he's writing a song. I quietly take off my pack and uh start shoveling it into various pouches that I can fit it in. All right, sounds good. Okay, so 136 uh, 176. 176. Holy, okay. So and, and 32 silver. 32 silver, okay. Okay, nice. Do I find anything else of note around the room? So everything else is uh short swords that were on the mummies. Yeah, I don't want them. Jar of fingers, obviously, okay. uh, and uh, little bits of blue cloth from where you guys were striking at Netabioge. 
As you keep looking around, the walls seem to just be bones for the most part. Then you have the cage built into the wall where Neda uh is pacing back and forth. As you get closer to there, he seems to be trying to say something to you, but you can't hear him. I want to do a typical, like, looking at opening, you know, widening my eyes and pointing to my ear, like, and mouthing, like, what? I can't hear you, huh? What's that? <laughs> Just, like, taunting this guy because I'm oh, very pissed. angry at him and he's, I'm sure he's angry at me. Yeah, no, he's not happy. Um, you see him like banging his fist against uh, the gate and just a green force field, basically, that is stopping him from getting through. I turn and uh, throw my head back laughing and continue searching. All right. The only thing left in the room to really search is Nathaniel's body. Okay. I'll, so that's, up, I, that's up to you. I will do that. Not yet, though. Okay. So at this point, I think then I will uh, walk to the dust that was once Baron Von Terso. And I will pick up a handful of it and in anger, just throw it across the room, you know, and it just puffs into a cloud of smoke in the air. And I let out a yell of rage. I'm like, Wah! I'm going to say Exioc, go ahead and get, or sorry, uh, Hiroc, give me a constitution saving throw to see if you can <laughs> if maintain your concentration. Dust. Maintain your concentration on the ritual cast. Oh, uh, I pretty, <laughs> If I ruin pretty your jarring. song. Uh, 17 plus... Oh, dang. What'd you say it was? Constitution? Yeah. Plus one, 18. Yeah. So you are still able to keep casting this, but it almost shakes you. <laughs> okay, and then I uh, uh, drop to my knees, and hopefully that should have taken up the whole amount of time that Hirok was writing his song. We can say that. Hirok, you finish up and you feel the presence of an ethereal image around you, which is there to beckon to your commands. Okay. So, even though it's invisible and shapeless, what I'm doing here is I'm conjuring an invisible version of my best friend back from my hometown. Ooh. I'm... This is a full-on Wilson situation. Uh, <laughs> like Hirak usually writes me, like plays himself music to calm himself down, but I think that this is, uh, uh, I think this is the next step he has to take. So he's gonna talk to this invisible, invisible person and try to figure out what to do. And so, and he's talking kind of quietly as so. Also, going back. There's like a magic knife. Do I have that in my possession now or? You do. You have uh, the uh, special dagger with you. Okay. I'm going to look at that later. But in the meantime, so I say, um, hi, Orish. Uh, it's been a while, but I figure this is the best way I can talk to you. You know, all things considered. Um, so basically. Can I hear all this? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. My this ears means- perk up. Stick out sideways from my head. Stuck in this pit, and my grandpa maybe got turned to ash, and then got tormented by a necromancer in a bowl, and then I killed my traveling mate, and he was the one I liked too. Um, (laughs) And now we're just in this pit, and I don't really know what to do. And yeah. Anyways, how are you doing? And it doesn't talk back because it's indivisible. Uh, there is no response. Yeah, I figured. Rip. Anyways, I guess I should talk to... Oh, I hate this. I'm just so overwhelmed. 
I shouldn't have gone out. But I should probably talk to him, huh? <sighs> I hate this. Okay, and I walk over to Exioc. I'm just, I'm sitting there glaring at you. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> because I was very thrown off when you started talking to nothing. So I, just I guess you wouldn't know that I'm talking to invisible. Angrily. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the whole point is invisible. Exioc, I know we don't exactly see eye to eye, but I think we should, you know, I definitely think we need to get out of here, and I think we need to, well, one, give Nate a proper sending off. I don't think we should leave him down here as we escape. And two, we should definitely talk about this later. I don't know if now is the right time, but... Talk about what? Just, I don't know. This is, I've never had blood on my hands before, and I definitely didn't want it to be like this. I would figure I would start with, like, a rabbit or, like, you know, small plants, not people. But it was your friend. I know. (laughs) (sighs) So... Yeah. Did you find anything when you were looking around the room? Uh, I I ignore his question and I start going on my own rant. Uh, I turn towards the uh, body of Baron Von Terso and I look at it and I say, I came here for one reason. Man, I came here to the desert for one reason. And it was to take care and get rid of this monster right here. And I gesture to the, the pile of dust on the ground. And I the worst. Thought he was and your friend. I just turn and I just give you the, this dirtiest look. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a twinge of like of like you're stupid in it. Um, uh. and, <laughs> and I and I turn back and I say, and that sorry excuse for a necromancer. And I turn to him and I shake my fist at him. I make I uh, I a face back at him, the one where you open your hand and stick your thumb on your nose and wiggle your fingers at him. <laughs> I get like this like evil looking grin on my face. I go, but, and I continue speaking. He robbed me of the one consolation of coming here in the first place. And it was to take this man's life. And he robbed that from me. I hope that he just stays locked in there forever and never finds rest. And I hope that Baron Von Terso even more so, more so that he never finds rest, that he just wanders the ethereal plane forever. That's what his, that's what he deserves for what his ancestors did to my people. What what exactly happened? And with, what who was this guy? And with you, bird boy. Yeah. I was really starting to like that Nate guy. I know, I liked him too. And it's your fault that he's dead now. I am aware and we like I said, we'll talk about it later. I think our main priority is getting out of here alive and so we don't also end up down here in the ground it's kind of an analogy you know we're deep in the ground i haven't let my guard down to let anyone in since rule back on my home mountain for and that was spot was for him and you ruined that look i know i'm sorry and so i don't know if i'll ever i don't know if i'll ever be able to trust you but for now we need to get out of here you're right i agree at this i'll go over and search nate's body all right. I'll come with him. Go ahead and give me an investigation. Uh, da, 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 da. Dang it. Four plus four, eight. Hirak, were you planning on helping with him? Or uh, just yeah, him do I'll it? roll two. Okay. It's just, uh, <laughs> that's a... Uh, where's investigation? 
that's an eight also. <laughs> All right. So you guys go through, and he has not a ton of robes on because he's a monk, you know, travels pretty light. The things that you find immediately are in his boot, he keeps a lot of his money and he has it like spread out evenly to add to the punch of his kicks. <laughs> so uh, you guys find a total of 24 gold pieces. I uh, gesture to Hirak that he can have all the gold pieces and I say, may this uh, help settle your conscience. <laughs> somewhat sarcastically i don't know if looting his body for gold is the way we uh i would like to take his sword yeah uh he's got his rapier there as well okay i'm gonna take it i think he's lying on the ground about sword too so i I take my own well your sword was in netaboge i thought he took it out maybe he did i can't remember what happened i I think think he tried to stab him and then stuck in him and then you caught it on fire or heated metal, so it was stuck in him. I think he p- pulled it out. He did. He did pull it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your sword would be on the ground too. Where, wherever it is, I pick it. I pick my own sword back up. You also find in one of the inner folds of his robe there is a letter with a red seal on it uh, that was bro- that's been broken, so it's been opened. But it looks like he's been carrying it around for some time. In the other side, you see a little um, silver vial. That's about four inches long, and it's got a diameter of about an inch or so, and it's got a screw-on stopper, and uh, it's simply designed, but definitely something out of the ordinary. The last thing that you find on his person is in his inner fold on the backside, there is a pin that is stuck to the robe of a flapping seagull, kind of like the Mockingjay from Hunger Games, but it's a seagull instead. Okay. Can I do a perception on the vial? Or investigation, I guess. I would like to put the pin on it and attempt mm-hmm. to put all of my all of those things in my pack without right. without consulting <laughs> Hirak. I mean, you can make a sleight of hand if you don't want to let him know about it. No, yeah. no, do, it's not about it that. It's just I just do it in front of him. Okay. Okay. Wait. As you're picking up, I think the pin specifically. I like I put my hand on yours and I say, I think you should be buried with this. I don't know if we should take this with us. I shrug. Okay. Whatever. Okay, I'm going to do yep. investigation on the yeah. vial. I don't know if I'll get anything okay. out of that. But <laughs> it didn't. I it too. It's not a... <laughs> it's liquid. <laughs> well, no, it's silver on the outside, so you can't see what's on the inside. Oh, right. Like, it's a silver casing, the screw on top. So you can open it up and see what's inside. Well... And so with that, too, you feel like it's not trapped. Simple as that. I guess two plus two, four, but still, that's nothing yeah you open it up and you see there is a little piece of parchment wrapped up tightly in there oh and it is submerged in ash okay this seems interesting should we look at it now let's look at i uh yeah i say that's interesting pull it out okay Um, i don't read the letter though i put the letter away i feel like that's less important at the moment okay but i feel like the vial might contain pertinent information or a spell or something yeah so you pull out the parchment and the displacement lets the ash settle down to the bottom of the canister and uh, you open it up and it's written in this beautiful almost elven like scrawl it says 
As far west as west goes, over the land and across the sea, there's a place where the souls can be set free. My soul to there it longs to be. Nathaniel, my darling, take you there with me. May your journey lead you into many wonders of ancient or of instinct, mystic, and valor. Be the man you were meant to be, my sweet boy. Take me to the tree, mom. Mm. Well, that's a shame. I put it back with no other, no other reference to it, and I di- I dismiss any uh, sort of sad emotions that Exiak would have been feeling. Do we know? I guess we don't know much about his background. We don't know where he came from, or no, we don't. Yeah. And I, so I say, that's a shame. Put it back. I say, well, that's not useful to us now. We need to get out of here. Yeah, I agree. Um, just completely think... dismissing all the sentimental value of that note that we just read. <laughs> yeah. um, Which was a very nicely written note, Brad. Or Jeffrey, whichever you wrote it. Doesn't matter. I think Hirak, for the time being, is going to keep that on his persons until we figure out something to do with it. Fine oh. by me, I say. Okay, well, so Brad, is the only way out of this room back through the hole we came in? Looks like it. Okay. Because in my searching around the room, I didn't find any secret things besides the treasure trove. Correct. Okay. With that, I'm going to say, well, I guess let's do it just like we got in here. And I, I grab the, out of my pack, the immovable rod, tie the rope around it. And um, with a little waving of wiggling of my fingers a little mage hand comes out and takes the rope up as high as i can make it reach about 30 feet towards the opening yeah the opening is 30 feet above you okay good nice and i click the button and say well we must start our way up and i start climbing so as you guys uh begin climbing the rope there's a circle of runes that are bright green and glowing now that encircle the top hole as Uh-oh. you get closer to them, they glow brighter and brighter. And as you put your hand up and through, it feels like it's pressing against some sort of force field, like it's pressing your hand backwards. Uh-huh. But you're able to stick your hand up and through it and climb to the other side. Oh, cool. Maybe it's a trap for an Um Before I leave, I'm going to... It's a good thing you guys aren't undead. Amen. We're going to see how this works out. I want to tie a rope to Nate kind of around his chest. I... I think we should, I don't know if we should leave his body down here. I want to bury him up above. I don't know how two little four feet tall bird and goblin are going to carry this guy, but I think we should at least try. You have got to be kidding me, I say. As I look down at you tying it around him. Would you want to be left down here with a necromancer? If I were him, I'd be dead and I wouldn't care. Let's get out of here. No, I think we should at least try. I mean, it's the it's the best thing we can at least, you know, offer him. I raise my eyebrows. I'm like, well, you're on your own, and I sit down and wait. Uh, okay. I um. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie my rope. I'm assuming there's enough rope length that I can tie it around him, and then it's a hundred fifty foot rope. Okay, yeah, it's plenty of room. I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up the rope with it tied to my belt or something like that, and then assuming we can try at least try to pull him up um through the hole <laughs> so this you get to the top and work. you start trying to pull him up uh, it could pro- it'll probably probably work it would take a lot of effort for you yeah but while it's, he's doing that brad i want to look around and see what if like the stair is there anymore or if we're just yeah. in a ravine 
on the far side uh, is the beginning of the slabs that come out of the wall on the left. You guys swung across to the middle, basically, of the yeah. stairs. So you can find the bottom of it now. Oh, and they oh, are still there. It was only the there. first stair that retracted then. Correct. Oh. Okay. All right. Is this where I do my strength check to find if I can, if Nate lies This is where you forever? do your strength check. Okay. Yep. <sighs> it's not going to be easy. I know. I'm, I I want to at least try. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. 19 minus one. Uh, do you still have inspiration? Uh, I never gave myself inspiration. You get him 20 feet up. Uh, oh. Make another check. Okay. Oh, not 20. Oh, yeah. not 20. oh my goodness. Oh. Hirok, <laughs> you feel like your arms are about to rip <laughs> off. And like you're about to tumble back into the pit with him. This Nate, like he was a stocky dude. Uh, he He's moved around guy. pretty graciously. He was a big dude. And something within you, like you get him off the ground a little bit and you start hoisting him up and using uh, the edge to your benefit and pulling backward and you feel yourself slip multiple times. There's something inside of you, whatever this experience has been losing your grandfather, coming to terms with it, killing him just sets something on fire inside of you. It's like the moms that can pick up cars to rescue their kids. You know? <laughs> just like the surge of adrenaline that comes over you. Uh, and you, <laughs> like dig your talents into the ground and thrust forward and pull them up and over the edge. And you just sit there on the ground breathing heavily. Well, I'm impressed. I walk over and I pull them a little bit further from the edge and untie the rope and start, uh, grab the immovable rod and start putting everything away. All right. Whew. Now, uh, here, Rack. Yeah. You know we have to go up. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still coming off the adrenaline high. You know we have to go up like 100 steps here. Well, yeah, but we already did most of the climb. I should say I did. I don't know how many more 20 strength checks I got in me, but I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're... I'm trying to think if there's anything we can use to our advantage to... Oh, help us. Okay. Not a lot besides ropes. You know what? If the, If... If you're going to be dragging behind like this, how in, how set are you on getting this lifeless body out of here? It will happen. Eventually. <sighs> Fine. I start dragging him over to the bottom of the steps. So we have to start making our way up these steps like we did before boosting each other up. Oh, my Because they're, four, yeah. they're f- four feet tall steps and... That's literally, I'm literally four feet tall and you're what? Uh, not much more than that. I think I'm, I think I'm four, eight or something like that. Yeah. And they're not like real steps, right? They're like rock slabs sticking out from the side. Yep. Okay. So I, uh, I'm like, all right, here we go. And we, uh, and I put my hands together to, uh, boost him up the first one. And we go uh, about this for a very long time. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, and you guys are dragging Nate behind you as well? Yeah, I'm assuming like, one of us <sighs> would go up there, one person send him halfway up, we'd take him, and then we'd pull the other 
the other one of us up the rest of the way for each. Step. I complained the whole way. Oh, there, I, I don't do. let up. I do not let up a single millimeter. <laughs> so of, instead of, of making you guys do a strength like, check for every- <laughs> fifty strength checks, I'm gonna say uh, it's gonna be a series of Constitution checks. Okay. Because between the two of you, you're able to hoist him up and over to each of the next steps, but it's a grueling process. Uh-huh. How many steps are there? Uh, 50 in total. <sighs> okay. How Not many bad. can Not we bad. make it up before doing a constitution check? It's going to be five in a row, so 10 checks. Holy. And they're going to get harder as they keep going. Right, of course. Wow. All right. Are we this both is, rolling I each feel time, like, or is it every I, other? This is like the most futile effort for the, like the silliest thing in Exiox's mind. He's like, "Why are we dragging this dead body? It's just a dead body." <laughs> yeah. So the way it works is both of you are going to roll for it, and as long as one of you beats the number, you pass. Okay. Let's I go. See. All right. First so check. first check. Okay, nineteen. Twenty uh, total. Twelve plus. One thirteen. All right, you guys passed the first check. Uh, you make it up the first ten uh, steps. Five. Exioc is complaining the whole time. Uh, I'm just reiterating no. the fact that this is so pointless. Yep. Wait, first 10 you said ten done. checks. Right. Is it? You said every ten. No, stairs. five checks. Five. Five. Oh, checks. he's he's yep. letting so up on five, us. So five, five for the two of us. Ten total. I see. Okay. No, no, no. So I'm saying he's he's f- changing it. Fifty. No, fifty stairs. Ten or five checks. For every ten stairs, you guys are basically each okay. contributing to each of the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think earlier you said uh, five steps checks. was a check. Yeah. But okay. this, I uh, thank oh. you. Okay, I meant to say the other way around. Okay, good that's, deal. That's my bad. All right. Appreciate it. All right, here we go. Uh, next one. I got it. Eleven. Eleven. Also. Oh no. Oh snap. Ooh, that is a fail. Oh. Okay, what happens since we failed? <laughs> so, do we drop him? No, so you make it up there, but you guys are panting and sweating with this extreme effort. Uh, on that point, both of you take a point of exhaustion. All right, what's that mean? It means you have disadvantage on ability checks, I believe. For how long? Until you take a long rest. Okay. Ability checks. Wait, are we doing ability checks or is that like... Okay, I'm laying on the platform and I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> Bird boy. Well, this do you is want to the leave most. His body right here. What yes, do yes, I do. I want to get out of here alive. I've got things I want to do with my life, and getting this lifeless hunk of meat is not gonna <laughs> improve my life whatsoever. You know what? I think you're right. I think because there's a, I feel much better about it because the there was a some sort of ward at the hole. So I don't think Nedabuge, if he ever gets out again. At least he won't have. I don't know. I don't know how magic works, but I, he just isn't in the same room as him anymore. That's what I'm wanted to do in the main time, but forget there was a hundred stairs up, up the way. <laughs> Fine. Ugh. Too bad we had we didn't realize that ten steps ago. Well, it... I, I put my hands together, <laughs> gesturing for you to continue. All right. Um. I guess I'm gonna keep moving on and leave Nate's body. Do we have to make checks to get up the rest of the way? No. Is the is the top step there anymore? It is. It sprung back after a little bit of time. That's okay, right. but now I'm exhausted. So now, if I tried to pick that lock again, we could fall again. It'd be a disadvantage. It would be a uh, disadvantage. Okay. 
Oh, I don't have any inspiration, so it doesn't matter anyway. Okay, we get to the top step, and I look at that lock, and I say, I could do this thing. I know I can. I believe in you. Here's here's what we do. I take the rope, and I tie it around my waist, and I give Hirak uh, the end of the rope so that I can go up on the ledge and then if it if I don't get it, it tr- and I trigger the trap, then if I fall, then he'll be able to catch me. I 100% don't trust myself to catch you. I tie it to something. <laughs> okay, yeah, we okay. We wrap it around the entire stair and tie it. <laughs> yeah. All right. And leave like 10 feet for me to crawl up and go to the lock. Okay, that'll work. Okay. Nice. And we tie it to not the top stair, the second stair. Of course. Okay, okay. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to try to yourself and then yourself on the other end. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to try and pick the lock at disadvantage, which means I'm rolling 2d20s and I take the lowest, right? That's right. Poo. Okay. Well, here we go. And this is going to be your dexterity plus your proficiency bonus. Oh, wait, not just sleight of hand? Dang. No. Okay, so Okay. Plus 5 then. Dun, 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 dun. Darn it. <laughs> I rolled a 19 and a 2. So, uh, no. dang it. That's going to be a. What did I say? Plus five? Seven. Uh-huh. Ah. Crick. And the slab gives way once again. Exioc, you feel the your, your stomach sink <gasps> as you plummet about 10 feet and then are swinging helplessly like a pendulum beneath the stair. <gasps> uh, you grab onto the rope and pull yourself up. You're a goblin. Oh. It's fine. It's easy. Yeah. At the top? Am I at the top of the rope? Yeah, yeah, you're on the you're on the ledge. I, I look over the edge down at him. I say, I don't know. I think we should just leave his body down there. <laughs> okay, so I climb up. Uh, what happens? Does the slab come back out? It takes a minute, but it comes back out. Okay. You, there's like a gear mechanism that pushes it back into place. You know, what? I'll get this. I have I have plenty of picks. I say, I it's just a matter of time. Yeah, uh, and your I've lock picked... picks broke uh, in the process of doing okay. that as well. Okay, so, so I have. Y- so you they get like you can jimmy them out easily enough, but they're broken. So okay. keep track of how many you have. Uh, well, I have. Okay, have so I only have one left because I broke yeah. the last one. No, so this is actually my last one. <laughs> okay, well, I climb back up and I set to work again, uh, trying to lock it in. Uh, okay, I rolled a nat twenty and a fifteen plus five. That's twenty. Please nice. be a low enough. Lock. Locks can be higher than, than 20 is the problem. Yes, what? they can. Is this you one? You know that this is your last pick. Uh-huh. And as you set to work, you knew where you went wrong a couple times before. Yes, there were I did. a couple of false tumblers that were there purposely to trick you. Uh-huh. And you fell for it twice uh, <laughs> in different places. Hey, I had to fight a mummy at, in between the two attempts, okay? so That's true. So... <laughs> You know Hirak is just standing there silently judging you, which makes it all of this worse. <laughs> that, like, you're here to be the rogue, and you can't even do that properly. I've picked many a lock in my life. This, sh- this should be fine. Mm-hmm. As you get through, you feel your fingers slip all the way into the lock mechanism itself, fairly faintly jimmying around the lock to where it needs to be until you feel that click. And all of a sudden, you feel the whole lock starts to turn on itself. 
and you take your hand out of there really quick and the first thing you feel is a little stream of sand coming down towards you and oh, then cool. a little a little bit more sand as the trap door all of a sudden gives way and on top of you a torrent can I stream jump? of sand i want to try and jump out of the way i'm still tied on the rope can, can i pull dexterity the saving rope? throw okay can i give him advantage do i have to rope do i have to roll at disadvantage for no. saving throws Okay, no, good. that's uh, at your third level of exhaustion. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, you said dexterity? Yep. Uh, 24. You make it out of the way in time. You jump back into the stone slab where your rope is tied to. As you see this sand, like a stream of water, just continuously pouring down onto the slab and off down into the darkness below. And it just keeps coming. Like... It does not stop. It just keeps pouring on and on for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. This sand just keeps coming. And th th this trap door has been holding back the sand for so much time that it's finally all now pouring out. Okay. I look down <laughs> and uh, has it covered uh, Nate's body yet? Nate's still on one of the slabs. Well, I know. Has the sand covered up? Has it risen to that oh. level yet? Oh no. wait, does it does it feel that lower chamber too? Yeah, it does. <laughs> See you, Netta Boosh. <laughs> okay, um, okay, bird boy. Here's what we do. Mm -hmm. We, I don't want to risk a uh, swing across this thing again, especially with Nate not being here. We should wait until the sand gets to the level of the of the pass, and I point across to the tunnel where we had come in the first time. Although, ideally, I would not like to go back the way we came. I want to avoid that water at all costs. And I mean at all costs, I want to avoid that water. I highly emphasize that because now I have a slight fear of being grabbed in dark, cold waters. Anyway, <laughs> we wait. If the sand doesn't stop, if the sand doesn't stop so that we can climb out of of the top of here, which I'm hoping we'll be able to, then we can just cross a walk across on uh, the sands as it has filled up. But we can't wait until, or but we can't. We have to be careful to go before I, it covers the opening across the way. Yeah, I I agree. I can't. I don't want to go in the water either, but I I also don't want to be buried alive. So I agree. Uh, I sit and wait. You guys sit here and wait for the sand to stop. And 20 minutes has gone by mm -hmm. and it's still coming. You look down to see how much of the ground has been covered by the sand. You see it's kind of funneling into the hole where you guys climbed up and out of. And at a certain point, the sand stops coming up. And it looks like the entire lower chamber has now been filled to the brim with sand. Hopefully okay. locking away Nedebios forever. The sand continues to pour, and you see that it is now filling up the lower level, uh, the long passageway uh, that covers the bottom of this chasm and ravine. Um, with your dark vision, you can make out that it's finally now settled and covered an entire layer, mm -hmm. and it rises up to cover the first step, and the second step, and the third step, and the fourth step, and the fifth, all the way up to the 20th step where Nate's body lies. As it does so, you see the sand start to trickle a little bit slower and slower until finally it comes to a stop just as Nate's body's been fully covered by the sand. I climb back onto the the top step towards the opening. Scrape off some of the sand as you do so. 
Uh, you look up uh, into darkness, and above you, there is a spiral staircase that wraps upwards. Ooh. A stair! Hirak, let's go. I reach down and pull him up the stair and and gesture to hoist him through the opening. Yep, I come along, kind of looking down at where Nate's body was as I, as I go. I sigh. I am extremely relieved that we don't have to go back the way we came. You guys climb up and out. The spiral staircase is in a 20-foot diameter uh, cylinder that wraps up and out. There's little grains of sand that are still on each of the steps, and there's still little streams that are pouring down off of these steps Mm -hmm. as you're walking upward. And slowly but surely, you guys make your way, winding all the way around up this tower. It goes up for several hundred feet. You guys are climbing up the entire length of the distance in which you've come down into the depths of this cathedral here of this temple as you guys make your way to the very top the room finally opens up into a more conical upper chamber where you see there are little cabinets along the walls that have been pretty well preserved by the sand you see now visibly that the oxygen is hitting them that they're starting to crack and weather no and uh, you like hear creaking and moaning as the uh, wood starts to fall in on itself and fall to the ground. You see there's a little sack that tumbles out of one of the drawers and kind of rests on the ground. Can I grab it real quick? Yeah, I want to sure. look at that. Uh, you look inside and pull it out and it's more sand. <laughs> <laughs> I pour it out. I pour out the sand. Well, I, like you pick it up with your fingers and you see that it's like, vibrantly colored sand there's like red and blue and yellow and like different colors of sand that kind of make a cool pattern when they're all together and usually when you put all the colors together the way it works is like it turns into like a purple thing but as you're holding them they seem to retain each of their primary color functions cool i uh i immediately recognized this from a drawing and some inscriptions from my journal that I, i had read like a week ago or so and i say uh, this will come in quite handy, and I put it in my pack. Mm, so you don't pour it out on the ground, is what you're saying? Right. I thought I thought it was just like a joke, like oh, you you got sand in there. I was like, Psh. Tommy, I never joke. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Okay. <laughs> so the last thing you guys see in this room, uh, looking up, there was a stained glass window that had been smashed in by the weight of the sand, and looking out, you can see just a little bit of light coming through it uh can we oh. go through the stained glass it's a little high up you're gonna have to mage hand it okay so i would i take out my the movable rod with the rope tied around it and i click a little mage hand up there climb on up and peer through the stained glass yeah. there's about 10 feet of or 15 feet ish of sand that is like now in a bowl that has come through the stained glass and has now been filtered out down below into the chasm. Uh, ah, nice. And you see above you stars and the moon. Oh, you guys ah. have made it back to the surface. Sweet relief. We holy climb holy. through and I pack, pack away my goods. And then I head to the campsite. Are we relatively... Close to the campsite, I'm guessing. Or the excavation site. Yeah, you're less than 500 feet away from it. Okay. I take a look at the sky 
would I be able to tell at what time of night it is? Can I make a, a check? Uh, it's earlier in the night for sure. Oh, it's earlier? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Hirek. Yeah. We could... I'm pretty exhausted. We could spend the night in the in the excavation site and then travel in the morning. Or we could tr- try and travel now by night and try and avoid the sun. But I am exhausted. How long of a day was it back to the original city? It was like a two-day trip, right? Or is it one day? I can't remember. It was one day. You guys traveled throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should definitely spend the night here. We wouldn't make it there by the heat of tomorrow anyway, so I I think we should start tomorrow afternoon. I'm fine with that. You guys make the trek back to the camp. There's still little glowing torches that have almost burnt out at this point. As you get there, you see a dark figure up on the top of the basin, uh, three figures actually, that seem to be moving away from you. Two of them are larger and one of them is smaller. Uh, can I tell if they saw us or not? They don't seem to have seen you and they seem just to be walking away. Okay. I turn towards Hirak with my uh, finger to my lips, gesturing him to be quiet. And I uh, like kind of crouch run trying to stay low to the ground, and I run ahead aiming for a shadow so that I can try and get another glimpse of them. Sure. Uh, Give me a stealth check. I am instinctually stealthy. Uh, 14 total. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you feel like you're being pretty stealthy and that they haven't seen you. As you get closer, you can see that the two larger figures look to be beasts of burden. Oh, okay. And the smaller figure looks more humanoid. Uh, Okay. I want to call out, but I'm going to wait for him to... Do, do we know sign language? Can we call out to each other if it's okay or not? Or I I, uh, I look back and I I hold up my hand in a sign of, of, of telling you to stop. Just like a simple stop gesture. And... Or actually, no. You know what? I wave, I wave you over. Okay. I, I go over. I'm really hoping it's our friend... Uh... Malstoney. No, Stony. Yeah. All right. I whisper. Wait here. I don't want to take any chances. And I creep. And I creep around the corner, uh, sticking close to the wall. And I try to get a better look at who it is. All right. Uh, you can see it is in fact Malstoney, and they are leaving rather quickly. Malstoney. You see him stop really quickly, grab his uh, scythe, hold it over his head, and turn around towards looking at you. I when I take I, off my hood. When I see it's him, I run and over stick out my you. ears. He lowers the weapon. And leads the cowmels back over to you. Um, you see, he takes down the garb that was over his face. Uh, he's still got a lot of scars from the battle with the giant scorpion. Uh-huh. He says, oh, my, my friends, uh, you have made it back. Where, where is the tall one? He, uh, he didn't make it. We all didn't make it. Well, that does not seem to be the case. You are both here. The tall one. Uh, the tall one didn't. We, we fought some. He didn't pull through. Yeah, we thought so. there was a pretty nasty necromancer, wizard, or sorcerer, or someone down there who was trying to bring hell All right, or that's end an, the world that's or enough. something. That's enough, Hirak. I want to give my backstory. <laughs> that is incredibly dangerous. I can't believe you would be so stupid as to go into that place. Hey, the important thing is that we made it out. And I'm so glad you're here because I want to get back to town. And what of this main figure that we found the tent of that we went searching through their belongings. Toast. toast. Burnt toast. 
I see. I hope that you did not touch anything inside then. Uh, I touched nothing, and I look at uh, Hirek. Nothing? Nope. Well, that is good. All we did is touch our own swords as we killed all the bad guys. There's a sure lot of them. I give I give you a look. I give Hirek a look like, shut up. <laughs> you see, Baron von Terso is a leading member of the Passing Hand. Go on. The criminal organization that runs most of these deserts here. There is some spooky stuff going on, to be sure. You best keep your guard open. Absolutely. Understood. I don't plan on sticking around here another minute. Can we be on our way back to the village? Or to Destune? I prefer to travel by night, if possible. We had to make other arrangements on the way here. And mm-hmm. honestly, I thought you all dead, and so I was planning to leave. Well, it's good to see that you're okay, Milestoney. It is good to see you as well, I suppose. Okay. I uh, think I should, I think you should, or I should remind you that <laughs> I am not an old man anymore. <laughs> Malstoni would would have uh, I don't know maybe he hasn't he didn't really catch on to it yet or maybe he's just not going to catch on to it and I completely forgot out of character so <laughs> whoops let me put it this way you are a horrible actor well wait, I wasn't saying that in character Ooh. <laughs> oh, no I just... knew I knew you were a goblin a long time ago okay that's a lie mm, is it okay well we can walk and talk it's it's we should we should be moving really all right i let's start walking i i mean i start walking just a random direction is it the right one there i'll roll <laughs> roll a d4 i am uh two i'm gonna say that's nope. east dang nope wrong direction okay well i just i'm still walking well east is the right direction you're walking north dang it I think one should be north, and two should be east, and three should be south, and four should have been west. But oh well. Fine. Well, you can DM next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So does Malstoni redirect me and start leading away? No, he just starts walking off in his own direction. Yeah, I'm going with him. Okay, I turn and follow him. And I, I kind of I kind of jog to catch up, and I, and I say... And I, I, but by then, I put my, I've put my beard on, and I say, So what gave it away? <laughs> Everything. No, no, no. You got to be more specific. I will speak no more of this. And he puts his little scarf back on and doesn't say anything else. Okay, I've got I've got a good character, but I wanted to try out my new one for this for this town. So tell me, what was it that gave it away? He just keeps walking. I uh, just continue walking just and continue uh, bothering him. <laughs> I, I, every once in a while, I'll bring it up again. You don't feel like you're even getting through to him. Uh, he's put up the stone wall. As if he literally can't even hear me. Yep. Okay. Um, on the journey, in between being bothered by Exioc, uh, I I tell him, uh, Melstoni, I know, I think you're just contractually obligated to keep on coming back here and with supplies, but I do appreciate you coming and helping us find our way back. I don't think we would have made it, so I appreciate it. Uh, he takes one hand off of the cow mills and just pats her head gently and keeps walking. Yay. Wait, how tall is he? He's like 5'10". Is he human? Oh, okay. I thought he... Yeah. I originally thought he was like 7 foot. I thought he was like a, a different kind of creature. Anyway. No, he's human. Oh, okay. Okay, then I say we walk... 
and I'll I'll try and sneak a ride on a cow mail for part of it. No issue there. They unloaded their supplies, you know, even though there was no one to deliver it to, Melstone, he still dropped it off because that's his job. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I'll ride for a while and t- I'll okay. probably end up taking falling asleep as I rock back and forth on the back of the cow mail. Yeah. Hirok, you also take the opportunity to go up on top of the cow mail and <laughs> Melstone leads you guys through the night as you take an eight hour rest. Oh. Undisturbed. And you guys get a full night's sleep of rest. And you also go up to level four. Beautiful. Never tasted so good. We did it. Mm-hmm. Suck it, Nate. You guys should have already done that. that was That's terrible. <laughs> really insensitive. <laughs> Funny, but insensitive. You guys should have already gotten your stuff together to be level four. Yes. You guys feel the heat of Wait, the sun. Wait, can we? We want to talk about it real quick. Our improvements. Ah, you don't, Just a quick. You don't have to. Quick recap for the listeners. Okay, fine. fine. Go for it. Okay, so as a rogue, I get an ability score increase. So I put one in my dexterity and one in my intelligence, but that actually bumped my dexterity up, my modifier. So now it's a plus four. Sweet. So now I have a plus four initiative. I want to go Ooh. first always. And it's plus four on damage and uh, plus four. Oh, yeah. And then plus your proficiency bonus on hits or on attacks. Oh, so it affects that as well. wow. I'm going to do a lot more damage. Uh, one point at least. And Hirak, what'd you get? So as a bard, when I hit four, I also get uh, ability increase. I put one into constitution, bringing me from a plus one to a plus two. So now I have more health. Um, and then brought my charisma from a plus two to a plus three, which is my spellcasting modifier. Dang. Nice. And you guys also got some more hit points too. Yeah. Now and, I have a question yeah. about hit points. Um, sure. Since I leveled up and my maximum increased, do my current ma- hit points increase as well? well they do, because you just took a long rest. Yeah, we're on oh. rest. And on a long rest, I get all of my HP back? Yeah, and one of your hit dice as well, if you spent them. Bingo. Ooh, okay, nice. so now I've got two more hit, two hit dice. And Ooh, I get all also, my spell slots back. I got a new, I knew, got a new cantrip and a new second level spell and more spell slots, but... We'll, we'll see Dude. what I picked later. <laughs> Dude, that was up. fun. All right, so I think we're all leveled up. And oh, this does it increase my armor class too by one? My dexterity increase? Uh, uh, yes. Booyah. And we're getting back in the game. All right, let's go. So you feel the heat of the sun before you actually wake up. It gets uncomfortable to the point where you're squirming. Of course. And then eventually the light overtakes you. You feel calm. You feel rested. And you look up to see Destune coming slower into focus as Melstoney leads you closer to your destination. As you guys approach there, he ties up the cowmels and says, All right, uh, go have a chat with Borden so you can receive your money. Uh, yeah, we head straight there. I don't wait, need wait, to stop on, anywhere else. Before we get in there, I, uh, I kind of tug on Exioc's shirt or arm or something. I said, Hey, don't you think that if we point out the fact that we almost died and fought a bunch of stuff don't you think it would look better and we get paid more i thought that's what you're all about you know i think the less we divulge about what we went through in there the better i mean if you want if you want to uh divulge information that it was a lot tougher of a job than it was supposed to be then we definitely can do that but i do not think that we should mention anything about what we discovered down there or what happened to nate 
Okay. Here's what I think we should do. We'll tell him that Nate had to recover and we can take his share of the payment to him. And then we'll split it. All right. Yeah. Ooh. I'm good with that. <laughs> Met with the ethical dilemma there. Yeah. I'm going to go along with it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go along with it. Sound, and I, I like look and I say, sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. And then I go, sound like a plan? <laughs> <laughs> As you take the string beard off <laughs> and i put my and i put my hood up and i start walking in with beard on in what did i say that guy's name was i don't even remember <laughs> oops lloyd oh yeah lloyd okay the name's lloyd yeah okay uh-huh. all right the classic <laughs> okay sorry was the, and the guy's name is Borden, right Borden. yeah so we walk into the rest pit there is not a ton of people around. Um, there's a couple of souls lingering in the back. You see particularly a uh, half-orc figure with a nose that's a little bit bruised and scrunched in and bandaged over, um, kind of sulking in the back corner. And you see uh, a goblin that seems just to be counting the same pile of money over and over again. <laughs> At the counter, you see Borden, same as always, just cleaning a glass and rubbing off the table. So it looks like you, like you guys made it back. <clears throat> well, I mean, some of us. We yeah, had was he toll friend? He was beat up pretty bad. We'll take his share to him. Yeah. Uh, deception check. Dang it. Can it be? Uh, oh yeah, deception's fine. My deception <laughs> and performance is the same. Seventeen total. He seems to either not care or he believes you. One of the two. Okay. And I'm fine with either of those. Yep. He says, all right. Well, uh, it's 30 gold for the total for all three of you. That's what we agreed upon. I and nod. As he kind of leans in a little bit closer and says, I hope you guys didn't touch anything out there. And if you did, don't let anybody in this town know about it, okay? No problem. Yeah. And I put a, and I uh, swipe the, the bag of goods or of uh, coin. Sweet. You now can add 15 gold to your inventory for each of you. Woohoo! Nice. It's like a drop in the bucket to what I got. See that out loud? No. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Hey, Borden, I would like a glass of water. And I toss him a five gold. All right. Isn't Big it five? Big here. It is five. Yeah. Uh, he takes out one of the casks and pours you a pristine cup of cold water. <sighs> two ice cubes. Slides it over to you. I take a drink, but as I bring it to my lips, I look and I realize that Hirak is sitting next to me and I put it down and go, one for the bird, two. All right, boys. And he takes the water and slides it over to Hirak. So it's 10 gold. <laughs> Most expensive water ever. Mm. Well, it is a desert. It sure so. tastes good, though. Holy. It is pretty good. He says, yeah, actually, we've just got a new store of cactus juice as well. Our collector, the guy who goes out and has this little patch, just made a shipment. And so uh, it's half price on the cactus juice right now. I uh, I sip my water. It's delectable. And I just keep sipping quietly and calmly. I'm not too interested in starting any chatting or not. Is there... Yeah, fair enough. Most people here mind their own business anyways. Is there music in this bar right now? Nope. I'm going to play some. I'm going to... Do I do a performance check? Uh, sure. Oh! <laughs> Dang it! Uh-oh. <laughs> what is it? Rough. If that is a... Uh, that's not terrible. Four plus six, ten. I thought you rolled a one with how you were reacting. No, I get. I forgot I had a pretty big performance buff. Who knew for a bard? 
So you uh, start playing. You see the half-orc in the back kind of stiffens up a little bit straighter, takes his belongings, and walks out the door. Oh! Oh! I'm offended! Oh, wow. Well, play better next time. Tough crowd. My gosh. Yeah, well, he's also the guy that you beat up a couple of days ago, so. Oh, Ringo? <laughs> is Ringo? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. It's Ringo. Yeah. Good thing I didn't do anything to him. Uh, so you guys wrap up your performance, wrap up your drinks. Uh, the day is yours. What would you like to do? I would like to go to one of the booths in private, and I would like to um, read the letter. And if, But I'm not going to be any super secret about it. If Hirak sees me and wants to join, then I will allow it. Hirak, do you want to join? Um, sure, yeah. You go and find a quiet little shady nook. It's probably better just to sit under one of the palm trees around the oasis than it is to go find a shop. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? And as you get to the oasis, you can see the still, uh, like, kind of slightly steaming water with a bit of a purplish dark tint to it and the low ropes that go all the way around it and the small shrine that's under two crossing palm trees on the far side of it. Mm-hmm. And you sit here under some palm trees and start to read the letter. You open it up and it's much less nice handwriting than the previous note. Do we get to hear it in the voice of the writer? You do. Uh, I thought I thought Jeffrey wrote it. Dang, it's too Jeffrey. So it says, Nathaniel. My brother, it has been way too long, and I was shocked when I saw that you had reached out to me, or I thought you had taken up the sea life and had no time for the land anymore. How's the crew? Mr. Jingle's still there? I'm taking care of business in the uh, area surrounding the Aerogat. I'm always on the move, so I can't quite tell you where to find me, but if you do make it to the mountains north of the desert, ask for a goblin named Mitzpah, and he'll probably know where to find me. Don't do anything stupid. Geraldo. Hmm. So this must have been what Nate was trying to do, huh? See his brother? I guess so. Are we in those mountains? What was that? You said the Aragat Mountains. Aragat Desert. Wait. The Great Desert is also known as the Aragat. The Aragat, yeah. Okay. And he, he was talking about the mountains north of the Aragat. Mitzpah. Mitzpah. Do I know a Mitzpah? You give me a history check. It's been a while since I've been to the area, but uh, a 14? Yeah, you know a lot of mitzvahs. It's a pretty common name. Oh, okay. Mitzvah. Well, I know a few mitzvahs. I don't know. I don't know any mitzvahs who generally carry a lot of business with a human. No, you do not. So, kind of goes dead there. As you are sitting here reading this note about Nate's brother, you see Ringo off in the corner of the oasis, kind of talking to a person who's got some black robes on. Hmm. What do you think he's up to? Do you wanna, you're usually better at this than me. Do you want to sneak over and listen? They like kind of look over towards you, and then the black figure leaves the conversation. Okay. Hmm. Uh, was that a hitman? Why am I hanging out with you? <laughs> you had to start a fight last time you were in the bar and made an enemy of him. I was plenty friendly with that guy. I... He liked my music. I never laid a hand on him. It should be noted. Oh, you insulted his mother. I know. If I remember correctly. Or was it just his face? No, I think it was just his race. Not much better. (laughs) Is there... What are the buildings in this area? Is it just a bar and the the potion shop or something? 
Yeah, they're like little adobe huts uh, that kind of scatter all over the place. Some of them are taller than others, but a lot of them go down into the ground. And some of them are residential. There's only a few actual shops. There's the herbal shop that you guys went to before you left town. There's the rest pit. There is a little scrap shop. And then there's like a little antique store as well. Uh, and everything else is res- residential. There's no, is there a general store? Would that be the antique shop? Or There are carts out in the main thoroughfare that sell goods and wares. Okay, I'm just going to go to, I'm going to go to one of them. I let him go. I don't want to be associated with him right now. I'm oh, going to go great. to the antique shop and look for weapons, essentially. I'm not really interested in artifacts. Well, if they're interesting enough. So you're going to the scrap shop? No, antique shop. Oh, sorry. You walk into the antique shop. It is a dimly lit corridor that you look around and you have been a salvager and a thief for most of your life. And you can tell good stuff from junk stuff. Yes, I can. 90% of the stuff in here is junk. Okay. Just absolutely worthless. Do I find any 10%? It looks like it was gathered by someone who was like intent on finding cool looking stuff that didn't actually have any significance and uh, all sold to this place for like really cheaply or for a really cheap price. And um, you look and there's a person that is kind of rearranging some stuff on one of the back shelves and they look uh, human. They have a scarf wrapped around their face and they turn around and you see that they have an eye patch over one of their eyes and they give you a big toothy smile, except that four of the teeth are missing. And they look like they're maybe in their late 50s objectively, but they could also be 80 just because they have not aged well as a person. Okay. And he looks at you and says, well, customer, can I help you? The name's Lloyd. You uh, got any weapons? (laughs) Oh, no weapons per se, but we have this nice urn that was uh, salvaged as part of an ancient race. And he pulls up uh, like a clay pottery piece that's been like really cracked down the middle. And the art on it is like a three-year-old drew on it. And he says, yes, very rare, very precious. Uh, well, how much does something like that run? Oh, this will only cost you a measly 15 gold. I'll pass. You got anything connected to the coalition? Oh, I'm sorry. None of that here. No artifacts related to the coalition? Mm, nope. Sorry, can't say we do. Mm. You got anything that'll uh, start a fire? Oh, well, let me see if I can. He digs under and takes out like part of a rusted blade, puts it on the counter and then takes like a rock and puts it down there and <laughs> pass them towards you and says, here you go. Flint and steel. How much? Oh, this will run you five silver, five silver for the lot. Hmm. Fine. You grab it and realize there's not much else in this store that's going to be of value to you. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. All right, you walk out the door and you hear him say, Marcus, you need to find me better stuff. And <laughs> leads you back, or and you walk back into the thoroughfare. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. Uh, Hirak, what were you doing during this time? Uh, I, I'm going to one of the, the carts that's out. Um, I go up to the person at it, I guess, and I say, Hey, little woman, it's kind of hot out here. Um, jeez, why do you not have a building? They all just ignore you. Jeez, hard to 
Hard business, huh? Brad, I got a question. Is there a possibility that in-game I could take the scorpion spike that I got and extract the venom to make a very potent potion uh, or poison? One that wouldn't necessarily just do a little bit of damage, but would just like insta-kill anybody? Uh, it is not that kind of poison. Oh, the scorpion? I couldn't... Yeah. No, it would, you'd have to do like actual alchemical stuff with I, it that you're not trained yeah, the, in. What? I'm not trained in alchemy. Yes, I am. To that degree? Well, not to that degree. I would go to the uh, the herbologists and see uh, what we could do together. You got the impression that you might know just about as much as they do. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> okay, never mind then. I'm insulted that you say I don't know alchemy. That's all right. You can be insulted. Can I do a, I don't know if this would be investigation check, see what's going on. Also, kind of watching behind me. Yeah, give me a perception check. That's a 15 total. Okay. Um, you see there are a bunch of folks around here. Most of them are dressed in general desert garb uh, and minding their own business. Every once in a while, you'll see black cloaked figures that are just kind of wandering and passing through just like darker robes than most everyone else. And they seem to be almost uniform in a certain sense. And you can't help but shake the feeling that some of them are making eye contact with you for a little bit too long and looking away and it gives you just a bit of a sense of unease okay i'm not gonna make any crazy movements the shopkeeper isn't having anything is not talking to me right no he is not cool have you tried to initiate conversation with him the shopkeeper yeah yeah oh yeah he just looked at yeah, he he didn't think you had anything of value and just kind of judged you on that. Wow. In that case, I'm going to walk back towards <laughs> towards Exiox direction, kind of keeping an eye on the whole people in black robes watching me thing. Uh, I sure. see uh, I see those people watching him and as he starts walking towards me, I like I get I don't want to be associated with him, so I actually turn and I walk the other way, just very nonchalantly, though. And I, uh, I want to walk into one of the alleys, uh, just out of the way, in between a sure. uh, Adobe Hut. Uh, Hirok, you think that he's probably mentioning for you to follow him? So, dang it, uh, cool. As <laughs> gonna follow him nonetheless. Yep, bolt down after him, and you take a quick look over your shoulder, and you don't see the black figures uh, anywhere. As you turn down the alleyway, Exioc, you are there hoping to not be seen. And all of a sudden, you see Hirok turn down the alleyway, too. Okay. Uh, can I? I want to say that I didn't go far into the alleyway. Uh, so I want to grab him by the beak. You have a beak, right? Yeah. I'd pull, I'd pull you down like behind a, bo- a barrel or box or something that was in the alleyway. Okay. Uh, I don't struggle. I go with him. I'm assuming to hide and whatever is laying around. You need to keep your cool. I let go of your beak. As you guys are having this conversation, you hear a thud, thud, thud. As from the surrounding huts, you see blocking off both ends of the alleyway, three black figures in robes that throw off their hoods. Each of them has a similarly shaved goatee. All of them are different 
variations of human, uh, some a little bit darker skin than others, but all having the same stylistic uh, goatee. And they uh, unsheath some short swords and say, so you went out to the desert and we haven't heard anything from our man. At this point, I want to say to Hirak, I want to give him, I want to like, as if I was holding his his shirt, like I was angry at him and we aren't don't know each other. I want to like let him go and hit the ground and say, for the last time, I don't know where your mother is. And I, and I turn and I walk towards the, one of the black figures with the one that towards the end of the alleyway that only has one, not the one that has two. As you do that, you hear a rustling from behind you, almost like metal clank, 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 clank. And you hear like one of the guys behind you go, what, what, what the, and turn around and you see walking towards you a metal platadillo. What the? A creature that is, uh, you've seen a platadillo before where they have armor, but it's almost like natural on them. Uh This one looks like it's gleaming and shining and almost like an automated platadillo that's walking towards you. And you see, he's just like brushing past both of the guards that are blocking the alleyway. You see a figure behind them rushing after the platadillo. Jeffrey, would you like to describe your character? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) But uh, so I'm a human. I am an artificer. I'm about six foot three. Ooh. Um, Pretty lean. I'm not like scrawny or anything like that, but I'm not, uh, I'm not, very strong. Uh, I basically am strong enough to carry the metal that I work with um, uh-huh. well enough. Uh, right away, you see me wearing uh, some chain mail with uh, a bit of a uh, nonchalant robe behind it. Uh, my hair is blonde uh, and my eyes are bright, uh, bright green. Ooh. And- you know, my stature is very, uh, a little stumbly at first, but making it there. Mm-hmm. I am an uh, artificer. What's an artificer? And, uh, we'll find out more about that as we keep going. Okay, cool. The important thing is you see uh, your metal platadillo walking into this alleyway without your permission, and you don't want it to go in there at all. Yep. Wait. So, which end is he on? Is he on the one with two or the end with he's one? He's on. He's on the end with two. Okay. And the platadillo came behind them or towards Correct. the way I was going. Correct. Oh, okay. 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 Nice. Wait. Do you have any facial hair? I do not. Ooh, clean shaven boy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that old. I'd be around. Um, I. I'm, yeah, I look very young. Mm-hmm. Not child, but you wouldn't expect me to have many years on. Okay. Uh, so I hear that thing. What in the name of Unk is that thing? Toby, get back here. <laughs> Toby. You see, he just kind of wags his tail and keeps walking forward without really care in the world. I'm so sorry about this, everyone. Uh, <laughs> don't mean to uh, get in the middle of things. Ha ha. Ha. No one? Look Uh, here, scavenger. We have no quarrel with you. Leave now and let us take care of these miscreants. Miscreants? What What are you talking about? We have orders to make sure that you are not seen around here anymore. 
Do you understand who I am? I'm Lloyd. Uh, we've heard of you. Baron Von Terso and me go way back. Yes, I see. Unfortunately, we have other intel, which indicates you may be in, uh, involved in a larger plot. And we can't allow that. So, uh, unfortunately... This is all a misunderstanding. Well, it's one that will be settled with Blades, unfortunately. Talk to Mr. Terso and he'll he'll vouch for me. Give me a persuasion check with disadvantage. Uh, Ooh, 15. Wait, no, no, 17, 17. Performance? Wait, what'd you say? Roll twice, take the lure of the two. Okay, 16. (laughs) I rolled a 19 and a 16. And what is it, performance or persuasion? Persuasion. Uh, Okay, yeah, it's just a 17. Okay. You see he falters for a second. He says, we haven't heard anything from Terso in a long while. We assume that he's dead and not able to vouch for you. But maybe we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you better. I heard that he was doing an excavation. Have you even been down there? That's supposed to be a secret. Well, obviously not to you. I immediately write down and... (laughs) There I go, uh, what, what, this dig site. Look, if you know what's good for you, you better back out of here right now with your platadillo. Look, uh, I happen to be a man of, uh, higher stature than just, uh, empty threats and other things. I like to think that maybe we could come to some form of arrangement and agreement and some kind of cordial, uh, discussion time. Do you hear the guy on the far end of the alleyway go, Hey, isn't that the guy who finds the scrap metal? I have made myself a small residence here and found it a quite lucrative, easy way to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myself. This is yes. the guy who goes out looking for the cactus juice, too. He's always out in the desert with this platadillo. Yeah, I've heard of you. You're the guy that's trying to make it in with a hand. I. What? Where have you heard these things? Oh, come on. You think you can't just walk around here with a metaplatadillo and not draw some attention? And who might you all be? It's none of your concern. For the last time, leave now, or else you're going to get involved in this. No, answer the question. Who might you all be? You see, that question triggers something inside of them, and any resolve that they were going to have to previously hold back has now been absolved. Next time we pick up, we'll be rolling initiative. (laughs) Dang it. You were close. You almost made it out. Hey, here's the thing, though. I still didn't know on whose authority they were trying to get us out of there. It's true. We'll unpack it more next time we uh, come together. We got Jeffrey's character introduced. Really excited to see Which is where awesome. that goes. Yeah. Glad glad you guys made it out of there alive. Really sorry about Nate's send-off. <laughs> guys, we actually have patrons. Woohoo! Yeah, we do. We're a whole month in, and people are still deciding to give us money. I can't believe it. I don't understand why. I don't either. But regardless, we get the opportunity (laughs) to thank them and shout them out. Tommy, you have so much confidence in us. Oh, thank you. Yes, I do. Starting off with Meg the Manic Pixie, who has been making enemies on accident as of of late. (laughs) I I can't (laughs) The free samples haven't done enough to earn forgiveness in the eyes of the townsfolk. She'll need a favor if she's going to make it in this town. The Passing Hand is not an organization she wants to deal with, but a pixie's got to do what a pixie's got to do. Previously, on the life of Keith, captain of the Death's Doom Fire Brigade. <laughs> it's a full sitcom now. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's something. Struggling with the temptations of being a pyromaniac just to give himself something to do, but able to avoid such worries. Word on the street says that there's some troublemakers in town. Trouble means fire, and fire means business. And back to Joe, the scrawny Goliath, plotted revenge against the cursed pixie who sold him the phony potion of strength. He came up with a dastardly plan to enact said revenge and sat out Sophie, the tour guide, and gave the fragrant sanctum a two-star rating. That'll teach him. (laughs) Derek, the hooded lifeguard of the Oasis, is asleep on the job. Weird dreams floated through his head of a faceless woman made of stone and a sea of sand. He woke up to find no one had caught him sleeping. Weird dream, but it probably doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Probably not. Wink, wink. Sophie, the official destined tour guide, was giving the nightly tour of the town when she came by Derek asleep on the job. (gasps) What is she going to do with this information? Who should she tell? Maybe this needs investigating. There isn't an official detective agency yet, so maybe she should get a new hat and start one. Ooh. Mm. New business venture. I like it. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you so much to our patrons. Thanks, guys, for listening. Make sure you check us out on the socials. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. We're all there. Reach out to us. Ask us questions. We'd love to uh Yeah, ask Brad questions. Mostly Brad. Ask Brad. Ask Brad. Check us out in our <laughs> Patreon. Over We have Afterburners, which are our breakdown episodes, as well as the opportunity for us to shout you out here. And on top of that, if you are interested in the audio that we use, it is on our Facebook page under Notes. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.